Thank you so much for that worship. And I hope you enjoyed it, ICF family from around the world. You know, it's amazing how when God's family works together, great things happen. You know, last week we were so excited about sharing resurrection with you for all over the world. We know that through our media people and, you know, all the tech stuff that we reached over 450,000 people with this gospel message. And that's incredible to me. And I know that we've now acquired a whole lot more people that are watching us on a regular basis. And I want you to know you are welcome to this family. Today, as I deliver our message to you, faith moves our decisions. Some of you need to know that this pastor believes in teaching the Word of God. And today, since I was so evangelistic last week and getting you to know God's decision, then Jesus' decision, and then you were faced with the fact of making the greatest decision you've ever made in your life, and many of you made it to follow Christ, I felt that this week, I needed to give you some practical things in helping you in making good decisions in your life. You know, a lot of times we, we are moved by other things and other circumstances. In the midst of what we're dealing with now around the world, it's very easy to say we're going to make a decision based on what's happening now. But a lot of the decisions we make affect our eternities. And I think that godly decisions are very important. So I want you to sit back and I want you to listen to this message today as I give you my heart and some practical things that we need to do. So I want to give you the scripture verse uh, of the month. And it's the scripture verse that I used uh, in my message last week. And I'll use it this week and I'll use it next week. Mark 11, chapter uh Verse 22 and 23 says, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Man, I love that whatsoever he saith. And I believe that comes in our decisions. Because when you make a good decision, you usually get a good result. And so today, I want us to look at the direction that God gives us in our lives and the important things for us to do to know the direction God is asking us to go. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Now, we use that verse a lot of times in our church. But since I know that I was speaking to potentially a crowd of people that may have this be the second message they've ever heard in their life, I could not assume everything. So today I'm going to, as I've already said, give you some practical things. And I, I wanted to start with that verse, because if if you can say to a mountain, be moved, which I believe has to do with distractions in our life and disappointments in our life and discouragements in our life, because in the midst of those things that I just named, you're still going in a direction. 
Unfortunately, a lot of times, that those discouragements or distractions or things that happen make us make bad turns or bad decisions. So I want us today, I want you to listen to some things that I believe as faith moves our decisions. I want you to say that again. It's, it's the overriding theme that'll be throughout this message and it'll be on the screen multiple times. Faith moves our decisions. So we must make sure if you're going to have faith move it, you got to have your faith in something or someone. And a lot of us in our lives have put faith in things that have become failures. God will never fail you. I want you to hear that again. God will never fail you. So that if you put your faith in God, that the direction your life will be going will be in the right direction. See, faith moves our decision. Well, where's my faith come from? Well, it comes from God, the one that created you. And I tell our people all the time, listen, if God can create you, he can fix you. Well, if God can fix you, he can direct you. Think about it. I need God's direction in my life. And if I have God's direction in my life. That means he has the plan. He has the blueprint for my entire life. So you've got to do some things. What what would be some things that I would need to do to get this blueprint, to get this plan of attack, to get this strategy? Because in a few moments, I'm going to give that practical listing. But I felt like you got to have a basis for even living the real world and the doing the things we do. So, number one, I want you to read the Word. So, if you want direction, and I've already said we need God's direction, how are we going to get God's direction? Well, I'm telling you, through the Word of God. The Bible is there. Now, today I read to you, it's called King James Version. There's many versions of the Bible. And and I believe that you will find one if you're just going out to get your first Bible or go online. There's New International Version. There's English Version. uh, There's all kinds of versions. But I want you to get one that makes sure it's from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation. And it doesn't remove verses or subtract verses or, or, or add two verses. Get the whole Bible. And so you've got to read it. And the Bible says it will be a light unto my path. So if we're going in a direction, don't we need some light? Don't we need some help? And and the word is saying, I'll help light your path. The word of God is a light unto my feet. Now, we know that sometimes our feet takes us where we don't need to go. And sometimes it moves us in directions that will cause complications in our life. But I can tell you, my friend, if you are reading the Word of God on a regular basis, people ask me all the time, how often is regular? My answer is daily. Have a daily reading plan. Pastor, where should I start? I just accepted Christ. Start in the book of John. It's in the New Testament. It's a 
story from one of the disciples. He kind of gives it from his point of view. And, and it's a good place to read. And one of the great verses is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. That life is for you. That life is for me. That life is for your family. And I can tell you that if you use God to help in the direction pattern of your life, you will find out that life is so much easier. So number one, I want you to read the word. Number two, I want you to hear from the Lord. He said, well, pastor, you just told me that if I read the Bible, I will be able to read things that will direct me. Well, I'm going to step further. I'm saying God wants to talk to you. Seriously. Pastor, you're saying God, the God that created the world, wants to personally talk to me? Yes. Because he loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. People that have relationships with each other talk to each other. That's important to talk. And how do you do that, Pastor? We call the word prayer. How often should I pray? The Bible says pray without ceasing. That means don't stop. You mean all day long? Well, you include it in your work time. Include it in your play time. Include it in your meal time. Include it in your bedtime. Pray. Talk to God. But I always tell people, listen, don't do all the talking. A good relationship is not based on one person doing the talking. A good relationship is when the both people do the talking. And in this particular instance, don't you want to hear from God? Well, if you're doing all the talking, how are you going to be hearing? You can't hear and talk at the same time. So I'm encouraging you, and this is what I teach, if you spend five minutes talking, spend five minutes listening. Wow. Five minutes talking, five minutes listening. So if you do that on a regular basis, I can tell you that it won't be long before your five minutes turns into ten minutes. And what should I do when I'm talking to God? I'm telling you, don't spend your whole time asking God for something. Spend some of that time blessing God, thanking God, honoring God, recognizing who God is in your life. I can tell you in advance, before you petition God or ask God for something, He already knows what you're about to ask Him. I'm of the mindset that I just... You know, I know this doesn't sound real spiritual, but I like to remind God. I like to say, okay, God, my granddaughter needs a miracle. Will you heal my granddaughter? See, he already knows that, but as the grandfather, or in Italian words, the poppy, I want to make sure that God knows. You say, Pastor, you just said he knows. Well, I'm very practical. You're probably very practical. I don't want to just say, okay, God already knows, so I'm not going to ask. The Bible says ask in prayer. Ask believing. See, when I ask, I believe God is going to answer my prayer. Whatsoever, remember the scripture verse, you ask. 
You can say to the mountain, the mountain today may represent a prayer need, uh, uh, something that is blocking you, something that is hurting you, something that has brought sickness to you. That is the mountain today that you are praying, you're speaking to. There comes the word faith again. By faith, I speak to the mountain and it is moved. As far as the left is from the right. You say, Pastor, I've just accepted Christ and I've got all these things in my life that I'm working on. Listen, it's a one day at a time journey. So number one, you read the word. Number two, you hear from God. You talk to God. Number three, I want you to start thinking on good things. You know, our world is messed up with a whole lot of stuff. It's got a whole lot of bad. But I want you to know, my friend, there's a whole lot of good in our world. There's a whole lot of good people in our world. I just left a meeting, you know, our confinement. We have to do these meetings called Zoom and and other platforms that have FaceTime and all kinds of things. Just kind of like what I'm talking to you. And I just got off a meeting with wonderful people that they love God. And I can tell you, they love you. When I told them about the online presence last week and reaching all those people, those people were clapping online from all over the world. That's how we had to have our meeting. People that gathered together in different countries that are a part of our leadership team. See, when you joined our family last week, you joined God's family. And if you joined ICF Rome last week, our family is global. It's not just in Rome proper, Rome, Italy. It has people that are from all over the world. All over the world. That, to me, is amazing. That is God's family. And I want you to know that God's family is big. And that, I want you to hear this this point now. When I'm asking you to think on the good things, you say, well, pastor, there's so many bad things. Well, if you focus on all the bad things all the time, That's what you're going to become. You're going to become a negative person. You're going to be a person that's filled with gloom and despair. Well, I can tell you as an individual, I don't even like being around those kind of people because they then get get on me and I, I feel bad. So I'd rather be around a person that is uplifting and encouraging and speaking life and speaking blessing. See, I could speak cursings, but I'd rather speak blessings. You see, it's all in the power of your tongue. I have the ability to speak, but if I don't think, I get it in my head and I get it in my heart, it's what's going to come out, out of the abundance of your heart. What's in your heart? It will come out of your mouth. So I've got something for you today. It's found in Philippians. It'll be on the screen in a minute. Four, chapter 4, verse number 8, and this is the NIV, New International Version. Finally, brothers, this is Paul, he was an apostle. Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Now, isn't it amazing that Paul, a lot of what he wrote in the New Testament, 
he was in confinement. He was in prison in some of the times because he was a Christian and there were people that wanted to persecute him. And so a period of time in his life, he was in prison and he was in prison in Rome, Italy. And I've been to that prison where Paul was and there are a number of the scriptures that we read each week are from some of the confinement of Paul. This is one of them. Now, him being in confinement, you say, well, I'm in confinement. I'm in this uh, quarantine or I, I have to stay at my home. I, I can't go out unless I have gloves and a mask. That's confinement. Yes, that's confinement. But in the middle of a prison confinement, Paul wrote these things. Think on these things. So I'm telling you, in the middle of your confinement, you can still think on good things because God is putting them in your heart God is putting them in your life. So that means it's going to be good because God is good. Amen. I said, God is good. Say it with me. Amen. Why don't you just simply say, God is good. Let's just stop for a moment right there, wherever you are watching this and say, God is good. Say it with me. God is good. He's a good, good God. He's a good, good God. I love our God because he loves us and he wants to be an encourager to us. So he wants us to think on good things. So I thought that before I get to that practical list, I give you those three things. Let me recap them for you one more time. Read the word. Hear from the Lord. That means prayer. Talking and listening. And then thinking on good things. What do you mean think? I mean think. I mean ponder it in your heart. Ponder it in your mind. Think about good things. So in other words, put good things in, then good things will come out. So if, if you have that as the basis, then I made you a kind of a list. This is kind of uh, Poppy's List. Let's call it Poppy's List. And uh, the number one thing on my list is you make a decision. Remember, it's faith moves our decisions. So the number one thing on the list should be a decision to follow Christ and let Him be the Lord of your life. Number one decision. I think if you make that decision, then a lot of the things I'm about to give you are going to just kind of fall in place. Number two, one of the big decisions you will make in your life is, do I go to college? And if I go to college, where do I go? Now, I'm going to tell you that in your life, there will be people that will try to help you and want to help you in making decision. Let's just say that one. See, up until about college age, you have some parents or some guardians that are helping you. They're helping you know what to put on in the morning. They're helping you with your food. They're helping you with uh, schooling. They're helping you with uh, what you do with your life, what games you play. They're called parents. And parents, that's part of our responsibility to train up a child, help children. And when we have children, we have a responsibility to provide for them. But in our decision process, up until about college age, 
uh, a lot of the decisions are made by our parents or guardians. We also have teachers that help make decisions for us and leaders. Then we get to that college age and we have to make a decision. And most of us, it's the biggest decision we've made up to that point, except for allowing Christ into our life. So we make the decision on where to go to school. And then after schooling, we make a decision, what do I do after college? Well, for some of us, we go to more college, more education. Some of us get more degrees to help further where we're going to go because the end of that process is there's going to be a job. So the next decision you're going to make is is pick a job. Now, a lot of us pick a job based on our education. Some of us don't. Some of us find a job or our parents had a job and we kind of like that job and Though we have an education in a certain field, we kind of like this field. And, uh, and so we make that decision. So the, the step that I'm talking about there is the decision of a job, which I want to add to leads to future jobs. You're not only probably going to have one job for your whole life. Some of us have many jobs. Another process of a decision that you're going to make is you're going to decide if you want to get married. Say, boy, these are very practical. Yeah, you're going to make a decision sometime in your journey of life. Do I want to get married? And if I do, who am I going to marry? Well, I can tell you, I want to give you some key words right now. Let that be a process. Don't rush that decision. Seek guidance. Seek wisdom. Have time of compatibility and finding out and talking and being together for a period of time before the final decision is made who you will marry. Then after you get married, you make a decision, are we going to have a family? Say, boy, pastor, you're being very, very practical today. Well, these are decisions of life. And I can tell you they're very important decisions because any one of the decisions that I've told you about up to this moment if you make a wrong decision, can cost you dearly, can put you down paths of your life that sometimes take years to recorrect and and find the solution to. And when you make that decision, I want you to know you're not making that decision by yourself. You're making that decision with a partner. That, That husband or wife, you're making that decision to have those children. You're doing that together. That's not a one or the other, that's both. takes two to have a child. And as you're making that decision, you're saying, okay, we are ready because there's going to be additional things that will have to happen in your life. Your life will never, ever be the same once children come on the scene. So that's why I encourage people, take time to really talk that through. And then my number eight is... Live a happy life to bring fulfillment to yourself and to others. Now, those are, those are eight practical things that I've put down on Poppy's list. And the reason I put them on a list is if we're 
the last one was if we're, we're living a happy life, where does happiness come from? Well, it comes from God. He brings us joy. Why? He's our joy. So the first decision was to have Christ in my life. And the last decision was to live this happy life. It's allowing Christ to be the center of my life. And I can tell you these practical things, and I've only listed eight. And there in your lifetime, there are probably going to be a whole lot more than eight decisions that you will make. But I picked these eight. I picked them on purpose because, you know, my audience that I speak to every week, I've got some uh, teenagers and I have a whole lot of young adults. They're in that kind of that middle stage. I've got some newly wed people that are just getting together, getting that part of their life. I've got some young married families that have already started having their, their children. I've got some grandparents. I'm one of those in that category. Uh, I, I've got grandchildren, and I want you to know I love being a poppy. I love being with my grandchildren. They have so much energy, and I don't have the energy that they have. And I wonder why I can't have that energy, because I look in the mirror and say I'm older than they are. But it's a process. Life is a process. But I want it to be filled with happiness. God wants it to be filled with happiness. So, number four today, I've given you three things. Read the Word. Hear from the Lord. Think on these things. I put my list in the middle. And then my number four is decide your purpose. You have a purpose for being. You have a purpose in life. Have you found your purpose? Are you just wandering around on the planet right now? Are you stuck in one of them eight points that, or the six points in between God and God? Are you stuck in one of those points and you say, man, I, I don't know where I'm going. I've gotten lost. I've gotten lost in my educational process. I'm just lost in there. I've lost the direction for me in education. I want you to know, my friend, God still loves you even though you think you got lost. And He's ready to help direct your life. So that's why you've got to decide your purpose. If you know where you're going, or at least know where you want to go, I can tell you God is going to help you on that journey. You're not going to be by yourself. God is going to go with you. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He has a plan. He's going to direct you. He's going to help you. I want you to know that because he loves you. I used a scripture verse last week in my message, and I, I wanted to kind of end today's message with this verse that I used last week because I'm getting you ready for next week's message. And, and I felt like today it needed to be very practical, very systematic. I, I couldn't just come off of last week and say, okay, now let's go win the world. I, I, I know that we live and we need to make decisions in our life. And if faith moves our decisions, I believe they're for our practical, everyday decisions in our life. It's just not for our spiritual decisions. So I read this verse to you last week. 
from 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. We're talking about Jesus, his son. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, in right relationship with God. That was the verse, the key verse. But then I felt like it was important that I tell you the verses right before that. Because it's very important that you know the whole picture, the whole story. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21. You'll see that on the screen there. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. There's our purpose. It's the purpose of reconciliation. In other words, bringing people to God. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Say, what is that message? It's very easy. I teach my grandkids all the time. God loves you and has a plan for your life. God loves you. Say it with me. God loves me and has a plan for my life. But if we're going to be in a purpose-filled life, if we're going to have a ministry in our life, which I believe everyone that loves God needs the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, you're helping others find God. It's a ministry. It's a caring. It's a want to. You don't just get to sit on the chair and say, okay, I got Christ now in my life. I'm good. No, 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 no. You just joined an incredible family. If you've been a part of this family for years, it's amazing how as your growth and nurturing and development in the local church has helped you, your knowledge of the word has helped you, your time of prayer has helped you, your time of knowledge about who God is and God's people and God's church is. It's amazing how spiritually developed you have become as you have spent years doing what I've said that we are doing. So that verse number 20 then is the key then. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. If we're doing that, our purpose, we're Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You know, I can't wait till next week. Uh, If it was me, I would have just skipped to next week. But I felt like this week I had to give you these practical things. The process of making a decision needs to start with your faith in God. And I can tell you, so that you know where I'm going to go next week, and you don't want to miss next week, is what happened after the resurrection. What happened after Easter weekend? What happened in the church world? What happened? Well, I'm going to give you what happened. And I'm going to tell you right now so you can anticipate what God is going to say to you next week. The New Testament church got started. And guess what? We're a part of that church. So next week, you don't want to miss coming and joining us from wherever you are in the world. 
God's going to give you a word. But I felt today that on the practical sense, I needed to give you in the direction of your life on a daily basis. The daily basis is the decisions that we make that God is just saying, look, I'm willing to help. I'm not going to push myself on you. But if you ask, the Bible said if you ask anything. Listen, some of the decisions you're faced with making, they seem like these big mountains. Isn't it kind of appropriate how that this key Bible verse we've used, it'll be back up there on the screen in a moment. I want you to know that that verse is there for you. Memorize it, study it. And if today you've listened to this message and you say, Pastor, I need a lot of help in the decisions. I'm going to say a prayer for you that God's going to help you. And maybe you're sitting there and say, man, I, I, I can't even do step one yet. Having that relationship with Christ, I can't even get there yet. Well, today you can invite Christ in your life. I'm going to say a prayer for you first. So right now, if you want to invite Christ into your life and be a follower of Christ, will you repeat this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. From this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I will stop doing. Thank you, Lord, for changing my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just said that prayer, you are now a part of God's family. Every sin you've ever committed is gone. And you have the ability now for faith to move your decisions. I said I'd be a second prayer. And I know there's some people watch this message today and you say, Pastor, I'm in the middle of a major decision in my life. I'm going to pray that God gives you peace in making that decision. So Lord, today for my friends, God, they've heard this message from their pastor and they need some direction. Would you please help them? Will you open the door that needs to be open and close the door that needs to be closed so that they have no doubt in their mind the right decision? Lord, will you use others to speak into their life as they seek wisdom? Lord, will you speak clearly to them through your word the proper decisions they need to make? And Lord, I pray as they put their head on their pillow, when they said, this is the decision I'm going to make, that God, they will have a peace come over them, that they will know this is the decision the Lord would have me make. Thank you for partnering with us, God, in the processes of decisions in our life and allowing faith to move our decisions. I love you, Lord. Bless your people this day. Meet all of their needs. Keep them protected, I pray. In the name of the Father, name of the Son, and name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love you, church. Be blessed. See you next week.